total fear of their life, and whatever had provoked that scream was not something he wanted to see. Chapter One You there! Come here! Sherlock Holmes turned to see who was being called and who was doing the calling. There were hundreds of pupils standing in the bright sunlight outside Deep Dean's school for boys that morning, each dressed in immaculate school uniform and each with a leather-strapped wooden chest or an overstuffed pile of luggage sitting in front of him like a loyal dog. Any one of them might have been the target. The masters at Deep Dean made a habit of never referring to the pupils by name. It was always you or boy or child. It made life difficult and kept the boys on their toes, which was probably the reason why they did it. Either that or the masters had given up trying to remember the names of their pupils long ago. Sherlock wasn't sure which explanation was the most likely. Perhaps both. None of the other pupils were paying attention. They were either gossiping with the family members who had turned up to collect them, or they were eagerly watching the school gates for first sight of the carriage that was going to take them home. Reluctantly, Sherlock swung round to see if the malign finger of fate was pointing his way. It was. The finger in question belonged in this instance to Mr. Tully, the Latin master. He had just come round the corner of the school, where Sherlock was standing apart from the other boys. His suit, which was usually covered in chalk dust, had been specially cleaned for the end of term and the inevitable meetings with the fathers who were paying for their boys to be educated and his mortarboard sat straight on his head, as if glued there by the headmaster. Me, sir? Yes, sir, you, sir, Mr Tully snapped. Get yourself to the headmaster's study, quam calerime. Do you remember enough of your Latin to know what that means? It means straight away, sir. Then move yourself. Sherlock cast a glance at the school gate. But, sir, I'm waiting for my father to pick me up. I'm sure he won't leave without you, boy. Sherlock made one last defiant attempt. My luggage... Mr Tully glanced disparagingly at Sherlock's battered wooden trunk, a hand-me-down from his father's military travels, stained with old dirt and scuffed by the passing years. I can't see anyone wanting to steal it, he said, except perhaps for its historical value. I'll get a prefect to watch it for you. Now cut along. Reluctantly, Sherlock abandoned his belongings, the spare shirts and underclothes, the books of poetry and the notebooks in which he had taken to jotting down ideas, thoughts, speculations and the occasional tune that came into his head, and walked off towards the columned portico at the front of the school building, pushing through the crowd of pupils, parents and siblings while still keeping an eye on the gateway where a scrum of horses and carriages were all trying to get in and out of the narrow gate at the same time. The main entrance hall was lined with oak panelling and encircled by marble busts of previous headmasters and patrons, each on its own separate plinth. Shafts of sunlight crossed diagonally from the high windows to the black and white tiled floor, picked out by swirling motes of chalk dust. It smelt of the carbolic that the maids used to clean the tiles every morning. The press of bodies in the hall made it likely that at least one of the busts would be toppled over before long. Some of them already had large cracks marring their pure marble, suggesting that every term saw at least one of them smashed on the floor and subsequently repaired. 
He wove in and out of the people, ignored by everyone, and eventually found himself exiting the throng and entering a corridor that led off the entrance hall. The headmaster's study was a few yards down. He paused on the threshold, drew a breath, dusted down his lapels, and knocked on the door. Enter! boomed a theatrically loud voice. Sherlock twisted the doorknob and pushed the door open, trying to quell the spasm of nervousness that shot through his body like lightning. He had only been in the headmaster's study twice before, once with his father when he first arrived at Deepdean, and once again a year later with a group of other pupils who had been accused of cheating in an examination. The three ringleaders had been caned and expelled. The four or five followers had been caned until their buttocks bled and allowed to stay. Sherlock, whose essays had been the ones copied by the group, had escaped a caning by claiming that he knew nothing about it.